Hey, everybody. Renee Marino here, communication coach, TEDx speaker, and best-selling author of Becoming a Master Communicator on the Relationships and Revenue Podcast with John Hewlin, and we are going to have an amazing conversation today. Life is all about relationships, and great leaders heavily invest in those relationships. On the Relationships and Revenue Podcast, we talk about how to improve our most significant relationships at home so we can be better in our business relationships. We talk with experts from all over the world representing many disciplines about the best tips and strategies to become amazing people and amazing leaders. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. This is your host, John Hewlin. And as you heard from that wonderful introduction, I have the one and only Renee Marino with me today. Renee, how are you? I'm wonderful. I'm so happy to be here, John. Thank you. You bet. Oh, gosh. And I am thrilled to have you here. And I know all of you who are watching and or listening will be thrilled, certainly by the end. But for those of you who don't know who Renee is, and everybody knows I am always prepared. I have done my homework. I have my list of things to talk about. And so Renee, as she mentioned, she is a communications coach. She is a TEDx speaker. She is author of the, I want to make sure I get the entire title correct here because it's, it's a long one. All right. Becoming a master communicator, balancing new school technology with old school simplicity. And we're definitely going to get into what that means in a little bit. Now, in addition to that, she also happens to be a Broadway and film actress. Yes, you heard me right. And she's been, let's see, on Broadway, you were in, I have a bunch of these written down here. Certainly in Jersey Boys, because that also was made into a movie in which you were you starred in. Uh, West Side Story, Chaplin, Wonderland. You toured with Cats for their 25th anniversary. Uh, let's see. You were part of Disney's high school musical when it was on Broadway. Yeah. Uh, the first national tour. First national tour. Right when the when it was the big craze, the movie came out, we were the first company to tour the show, and it was pretty incredible. I bet. I bet. Yeah. So suffice it to say, folks, Renee has done a lot of stuff and has been all over the world doing all kinds of wonderful things. But now she's here to share some of her insights with us. So I'm super pumped about that. So Renee... Help us understand a little bit more about you because it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue actress to entrepreneur. It just help us fill in the gaps. How did you get your start in your acting career and what led you to where you are today? Well, John, that is a wonderful question. And when I was a little girl dreaming of being a Broadway actress, that was my longtime dream from the time I was five years old entrepreneur never came to mind. That was never something that I was like, oh, and I want to do that too. But that's the beauty of life, right? We don't always know where our journey is going to take us. So um, as you as you shared with our listeners, yes, I have done five Broadway shows and Pretty Woman, the musical was mm. the most recent Broadway show I did, which closed in 2019. Wow. And while 
performing in that show, I was not only in the cast, but I was assistant to the choreographer and I was the dance captain. So, yeah, that was really cool for me because it was the first time in my career that I wasn't the one in front of the table waiting to be chosen. But now I was behind the table getting to help other actors with learning the show and running auditions. Mm -hmm. So it was amazing to now have this double-sided perspective. It made made things really clear um, because in the entertainment field, there is a whole lot of rejection. Mm. And it feels so personal if you don't take the time to do what I say, which is communicate within yourself and Mm. remind yourself that even though it can feel like a personal attack when a casting director says, no, um, we're not going to call you back or no, you didn't get the role. As long as you're staying true to yourself and you're being your best under the circumstances, that's all you have control over. So with being dance captain and and assistant to the choreographer and really being on that creative side of the industry, it allowed me to see that, that it's not always the most talented person who gets the role, but it's the one who fits the bill at that time or if they're looking for a girl 5'9", and I'm 5'2", like I am, even if I'm the best dancer in the room, I'm not going to get the job, right? Yep. So it's it's interesting to look in hindsight that my new career as a communication coach was was being built up all through my years as a performer because mm-hmm. I have always been a communicator through these different mediums, through stage, then through film, then through television, through one-on-one and as a girl who grew up in an Italian-American family, I've always loved communication. You could (laughs) find my family and I sitting around the kitchen table, always eating, laughing, sometimes yelling, but nonetheless communicating. And from there, it it really set off this fire within me to want to understand the different ways that people communicate and why they do in the way they do. So fast forward to 2017, um, I had moved back from Los Angeles. My husband and I lived there for three and a half years after I filmed the Jersey Boys movie directed Mm -hmm. by Clint Eastwood. And we decided, okay, we want to get back to the East Coast, buy a home. We're both from New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And once I got back, I got cast in Pretty Woman, the musical. It was the final workshop that then went to Broadway. Mm -hmm. And during that time, John, I as always, was conversating with my girlfriends in the dressing room and chatting about this and chatting about that. And I was always that person that people would come to for advice about communication. What should I say? How should I say it? And I remember one day um, a friend who was dating a new guy, she was telling us how she was really into him and she didn't know where it was going. And I asked her a question that I assumed the answer would be something that it wasn't. And I said, well, have you talked to him about it? Assuming, right? We all <laughs> fall into the assumption pattern. And she was like, assuming she was going to say, oh, of course. And she said, oh, no way. I, I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to rock the boat. And it was like a light bulb went off. And I said, oh, my goodness, this is a response that I've heard many a times now. There's a book in here. Mm. I'd always wanted to write my own book. I I. I've written tons of children's books, personalized children's books for my nieces and nephews and friends. Hmm. But I was ready to write my own book. And like many of you, 
it was one of those dreams that I talked about a lot, but it was like someday, someday I'll write that book, you know, ha mm-hmm. believing that talking about it would keep that dream safely alive in the arms of my words. Mm. Yet I wasn't doing it. <laughs> and in 2017, John, it was the night before Thanksgiving. I was watching a Charlie Brown Christmas on the TV. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, right, enough already with talking the talk. Sit down and write the first sentence. And that's what I did. And as I started to write, you know, communication is so broad. I believe it's it's a foundational skill. It, it, to me, it's as important as breathing. Mm. But when I was thinking about what aspect of communication to write about, I didn't quite know until I was out to dinner with a friend of mine, we're catching up, chatting the whole time. And next to us, it's a family of five, two parents, a teenage son and two young children. The entire meal, John, none of them spoke because they all had their heads down in a digital device. Uh And I remember looking over and feeling heartbroken because I thought, wow, they're missing out on these beautiful moments of connection. These moments that in my own life have helped to shape me. And they're spending that time behind a screen. And that's when I was like, boom, that's what this book needs to be about. So as you shared my my subtitle of balancing new school technology with old school simplicity, what this means is being able to merge these two worlds of new school technology you know, all of our social media, texting, emailing, balancing those digital forms of communication with the more personal old school ways of communication, i.e. face-to-face, picking up the actual phone for a phone conversation or writing a handwritten letter, which is a beautiful art that is becoming lost. Being able to merge these two worlds so we can master our communication and have the best that life has to offer. Oh yeah, you know it's it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, what some people refer to as old school when it comes to communicating, you mentioned handwritten letters, notes, that sort of thing. Um, that's what I do for Christmas cards. All oh. of mine are are handwritten inside. Yep. So for anyone who has received those from me and you can't always read it, you need to understand I was probably doing those late. So (laughs) I might not have used my best handwriting, but it is me who did it. So not some assistant. Isn't that beautiful when you really think about it, how personal a handwritten letter is like for me, when I think about getting a handwritten letter, I tell all my friends and family, I could care less about gifts for Christmas and my birthday. Write Mm -hmm. me a personal card or a letter. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy because when you really think about it, As that person's formulating the words to formulate the sentences, that entire time they're thinking just about you. Their focus is intentional, right? They're thinking about their feelings or their thoughts and and nothing is more personal than that. So for my fellow business owners, entrepreneurs out there, you want to connect with someone on a genuine level after a meeting, after an interview. Write that person a handwritten letter to thank them. Let me tell you, Mm -hmm. that will not only make you stand out from the crowd, but it will let that person know, wow, they gave me their most precious libation, their time. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing more wonderful than that. 
Oh, I couldn't agree more. You know, the it's that's actually a practice I've had since I've been in business for myself, which is, oh gosh, going on 23 years now. Wow. That any clients that I work with, they get those kinds of handwritten letters from me. They have connection, communication directly with me um, because I don't know another way, to be honest. I just, I don't. And so it never occurred to me. Uh, for instance, I had somebody one time, I'm sure you've heard of send out cards. I'm sure you've heard of them before. Yes. Okay. I mean, it, it's it's a clever idea, but trying to emulate my handwriting printed, I've seen them. It just, it's, yeah. you're not fooling anybody. It no. doesn't look like I actually wrote it. Yeah. It, it looks like my handwriting was printed, kind of. Kind of. And I always thought, mm, you know, no, that's not for me. It just, I, I'm weird. And I, and the other thing is about those cards is I like to pick them out. Mm-hmm. It's some, it's something. Uh, I'll call it a skill. It's a skill I learned from my mom. My mom used to take me. We used to go card shopping when I was a kid, and we'd be in there forever, and, because my mom would take forever looking that's at these cards and stuff. Well. And then, oh my gosh, when I was in college, I went to visit my mom like around, uh, it was Thanksgiving time. And the day after Thanksgiving, when it actually was a Black Friday, when people did go crazy shopping stuff, we went out that day, which we should never have done, but we did. And we didn't even really do the regular shopping. I mean, we went out, we had some food, and we went card shopping that day. Oh my, we had, we were hours in the card store. And just looking through all of them, she'd be cracking up something, show it to me, and I'd laugh. And we have very distinctive laughs. I'll just put it that way. I, that's a nice way of saying it. The the more appropriate way to say it probably is kind of obnoxious at times, our laughs can be. <laughs> In fact, my mom and I got kicked out of a movie theater one time for I laughing so loud. <laughs> John, but okay, for all the listeners, I want you to take note of how nostalgic john is right now like think hmm. about that he's talking about his mom and these beautiful moments and her picking out cards like like using that form of communication creates memories even though it's silly because i'm i'm just like your mother some of my friends are like i am not going in the store with you like <laughs> you've been in the card aisle for 45 minutes i'm like but it has to be the right card and mm-hmm. it has to have the exact message to represent my person this this person and and my relationship with them but nonetheless, look at the beautiful memory that it created for you. Oh, yeah. Like that's that's what it's about at the end of the day. And that's why I love, 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 love communication so much because it's connection. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I must be connecting in my life or or it feels yeah. like I'm not living. And that's yeah, what yeah. communication is about. And I think especially as business owners, as entrepreneurs, we cannot underestimate the power of communication. We can so easily get sidetracked with, oh, this new technological app that I have to use to organize my finances or these funnels and this and the products we're selling and this and that and that. Okay, that's great. Yes, that is important, people, for sure. But if you are not making your ability to connect with those in your business to connect, genuinely connect with potential clients, customers, with your team. Mm-hmm. 
you're never going to have the success that you believe is possible because it it all starts with communication. Everything in our lives starts with communication. And when we learn to master this skill, we become limitless. Mm. Well said, Renee. Well said. Oh, my goodness. Um, can't really say it better than that. <laughs> so then let's jump into the book. I mean, you brought up the title, so let's do it. Becoming a Master Communicator. Uh, first of all, I mean, you kind of already laid out why it's important, yeah. but I want to know a little bit more about the book, not just the nuts and bolts, but I want to know in your mind, when you were writing it, who were you writing it to? Meaning who is the book for? Who's going to get the most benefit from it? And I have a secondary follow-up question after you answer that. Great. I love, love, love that question. As I said, communication. I want you to all think about this for a second. Think of every part of your life from relationships to goal setting to work um, connections, everything to wanting to lose that extra 20 pounds, improving your health. What areas of your life don't start with communication? Even if you want to lose that 20 pounds, sure, communication isn't what comes to mind at first, but let's dig a little bit deeper. In order for you to lose that weight, you must first have strong communication with yourself. You must be honest with yourself to say, all right, Renee, where are you? Where are you cheating a little bit? You convince yourself you eat healthy, but then those Oreo cookies are in your hand at eight o'clock at night, right? <laughs> Communicating with yourself first and foremost. Second of all, now taking it to the next level, now I must communicate honestly with my doctor who's telling me, oh, your cholesterol is a little bit high. Why is that? Or, oh, your sugar levels are not where they should be. You must be honest if you want to get to lose those 20 pounds. If you have a trainer, being honest with your trainer, okay, no, I didn't do those exercises. You have to be held accountable or else those 20 pounds will never come off. So everything, everything in your life begins with communication. And when I was writing this book, as I said, the first activation point was thinking of that family of five who are so in the habitual pattern of picking up their phone the second something isn't actively going on, mm. right? It happens to all of us. This is why I can preach on it, my friends, because I am guilty of it. <laughs> and the best teachers are the ones who have gone through it, right? For sure. I wanted to make a book that was what I call layman's terms, the fundamentals of communication. As I said, fund uh, communication is so broad. We can yeah. go into the weeds about exactly how to move our bodies in a way that shows a person we're confident. I mean, there's so much when it comes to communication. But for me, I wanted to shine a light on a problem in our society that I believe people are aware of but they're not doing anything about. Mm -hmm. And I created a book full of simple tools and practices that you can flip to any page and say, you know what? I'm going to use this practice today. <laughs> when I walk into Starbucks today, instead of having my phone out with my head down while I'm waiting online, I'm going to put my phone away. I'm going to keep my head up and out and about in the world and smile to that mm -hmm. person behind me. Notice something on them that I like and tell them why. Because we never know what another person's going through. And maybe by you complimenting them in a way that is 
honest and authentic. Oh, I love your smile, John. Or that's such a cool jacket you're wearing. Maybe that's the exact thing that they needed to pull them out of a dark moment, to pull them out of ruminating on something that happened earlier in the day that's really plaguing them. These are the type of practices that I have in the book. And the people that I'm talking to, sure, if we want to say, okay, Renee, what is your ideal client right now? I would definitely say age about 35 to 65. That group of people that know what it's like to not have smartphones at our beck and call, but then as life went on, they started to get introduced and they now use all of the digital devices just like the next person. Mm-hmm. See, someone I believe who grew up with smartphones attached to them at their hips since birth, they may not quite have the appreciation for this book because it's like, what do you mean? This is the only way of life. Mm-hmm. But what I'm seeing, John, is in speaking more to that age group, 35 to 65, um, a lot of business professionals, right, who are looking to get to the next level of their lives professionally and personally, they are are loving this book. And what the coolest part is, is now that I've been out and about speaking to companies, getting on stages and speaking to university students, now that ideal customer, the age is getting younger because they're getting their eyes opened through the, the pages of this book. Because as I said, it's not... Um, complicated SAT type of language that I'm using. It's very layman's terms. So we can just have that little light bulb go off that's like, oh my gosh, yeah, I do that. Oh my gosh, totally. Every time I'm in a conversation, I have my smartphone out on the table. And I didn't realize that that proves to be a distraction even if I don't pick it up. Mm -hmm. So the, the best part of the book, I believe, is that it's also a workbook. In each chapter, there's a reflection section which gives you a chance to put pen to paper, right? (laughs) Old school communication to allow everything that you just read to absorb and really, really um, allow you to sit back and acknowledge how you've been communicating. Love that. Love that, Renee. I want to back up into something for just a minute. I want to take you back into your acting time. Yeah. I'm curious about a couple things. Uh, one, why leave acting? Because clearly you were very successful at what you were doing and you were, by your own admission, I wouldn't say transitioning, but you were expanding what you could do in that world to be more, if you will, you said the other side of the table. I would also say behind the camera, that sort yeah. of thing. So you were kind of playing both sides of it. Why leave that? Mm. most people assume right there's that dangerous word again assume Mm. that i decided to become a communication coach because of covid oh that that thought never crossed my mind so like what what do they call it your covid pivot i think yeah yeah or my covid pivot and and i'm always like no actually what's so funny is 2019 pretty woman the musical closed Mm. and at that time during the show I was writing my book. So Hmm. in between numbers, I would go into the crew room and I would write. And there was something within me that said, you know, Renee, it's time to activate your other gifts. 
I Mm -hmm. believe that whatever gifts that God put in you, the universe, whatever you may believe, for me, I believe that God instilled in me these gifts of writing and teaching and coaching and speaking. And even though I was doing that as an actor as well, I was ready to, to use your word, expand those gifts. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like um, Chaz Pomentary says this in a great movie called The Bronx Tale. The saddest thing in life is wasted talent. And I couldn't mm-hmm. agree more. So for me, I was like, you know what? You're in this zone. Let's see where this can go. That's my personality. I'm like, let's try it. I want to see. You want to skydive? Let's try it. Did it on my honeymoon, right? (laughs) And that was at the end of 2019. I took a course uh, from Tony Robbins and Dean Grazios Mm. to become a coach. And a month later, COVID hit. So it's just funny, the timing of it. It ended up being perfect timing for me because now I have to be behind a screen all day long. And the first thing I started coaching on was helping entrepreneurs, business owners to get on camera with Mm. confidence because now it's like, what? We got to speak on camera. So that's when Mm -hmm. I created my course, Connecting on Camera, and just coached people from all over the world to get on camera and be themselves. Um, So it worked out perfectly. But John, I will always be a, a performer and I am open to the universe of some amazing opportunity is is in front of me, absolutely I'll take it. But I'm just not actively pursuing it. I'm not going on auditions mm-hmm. because I really believe what's meant for you will not miss you. And I just said, you know what? Let's do this. You're writing this book. You know you want to get it traditionally published. Let's start looking for a publisher. And I was in that zone. So I was like, all right, let's do it. Whenever I do something, I do it 500%. So I was like, let's do this. Let's try it out. And it's been really, really exciting. Totally different but exciting nonetheless. Who are some of your favorite people to work with in the Mm. acting world? Oh, in the acting world. (laughs) I have been so blessed to work with such incredible people. I mean, let's just start at, at the top. Clint Eastwood being directed by such a legend was unbelievable. And the best part is, John, I, I may have said this when you and I spoke, but what I value in life more than anything is truly genuine people. You could be the smartest, best entrepreneur, making billions. And if you're kind of a jerk, I'm not impressed. Because at the end of the day, we're all just people. So when I meet those gems, right, those like core ground, like grounded people who are authentic in who they are, oh, I just I gra- gravitate and I hold on to them. And Clint Eastwood is one of those people. I mean, to have my first film be a a feature film starting at the top with, I mean, you can't get a better team than Clint and all those over at Malpaso on the Warner Brothers lot. Like it was just, it was amazing. Um, He taught me so many lessons, not just about acting, life lessons that I have carried with me since then. I, I share those with my clients and my friends and it's helped me to grow as a person. Um, I mean, the people who I worked with on Broadway, I mean, Mr. Ron Melrose, Ron Melrose, a dear friend. He was the, um, the person who did all of the musical arrangements for Jersey boys. So if you saw Jersey boys, the musical Ron Melrose, he is the best. Um, and again, just good person, like good core, beautiful soul. And I mean, just, 
the the community of Broadway is so beautiful. I mean, that that I miss, you know, having that camaraderie, my friends, having those great conversations in the dressing room, even though it was like, you know, eight girls in a four by seven and it wasn't <laughs> glamorous at all. Those are the moments that I loved. Again, because it was us communicating, having those real conversations. What are our fears? What are our goals? What are our dreams? That was just the best. And I still speak to my friends, all my Broadway friends, and I'm always cheering them on. And and who knows, you know, one day maybe I will be back there. Um, but for right now, I, I love what I'm doing. Okay. Well, that's important for you to yeah. love what you're doing. Because yeah. if you don't, people can see that. Oh, yeah. John, I couldn't even imagine. I guess in a way I've been spoiled because my entire life, my job has been my hobby. And I mm. I needed it. I need it that way. I, I I'm a person <laughs> who I must be lit up by what I'm doing, because when I'm lit up, then I can help others to to be lit up as well. Sure. And if, I remember when I was applying for colleges, uh, one of my favorite quotes that I included in all of my college essays was by Confucius that. If you find a job you like, you'll never have to work a day in your life. And that's how I feel. Love that. Love that. Okay, so you're doing the acting thing, writing the book. You finish up Pretty Woman. Mm -hmm. You take this course. Yeah. COVID hits. Yep. So you're completing the book while you're doing that. But where does the TEDx talk come into all this? <laughs> the TEDx talk, John, just happened two months ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. This was ve very, very. I guess I had forgotten that it was that recent. Yeah. So recent. Um, and please check that out, everybody, because it's a message that is, is so true to my heart. And it's one that I believe we all need to be reminded of, which is happiness is not where you're looking. Um, but to answer your question, a TED talk was on my bucket list. Um, mm. And not until this year did I say, you know what? Again, just like I sat down to write that first sentence on my book, I was like, here we go. Let's start re researching. And I did. And and I reached out to um, TEDx Kate May because I'm from New Jersey. I live in New Jersey and I figure, oh, it's only two hours for me. Yeah. And it was just a, a, a beautiful moment where I sent in the, my information and the gentleman who helps to run all of the uh, TEDx um, events said, I love this idea. Um, and it just kind of rolled from there. So October 2nd, October that just passed, I wow. did that TEDx talk and it just aired a month ago. So pretty, pretty exciting. And we just, I just found today we hit 10,000 views so far. Nice. Listen, I know it's not the most, but guess what? I'm all about That's a big deal. It is. I'm celebrating those small milestones. Absolutely. Yes. You have to. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, that's something that, well, people in general, but definitely a lot of business owners don't do well. And that's celebrating milestones outside of, you know, ones that are really, really obvious. Yes. You know, that's, we, we're not good at that. No. In the last chapter of my book, which is one of my favorites, that's what I talk about. The importance of celebrating ourselves. I mean, especially as entrepreneurs, we have so much to do. There's so much, right? <laughs> and and if you're a solo entrepreneur, it's it's often all on you, at least in the beginning. So 
it's very natural for your focus to be on what you have to do, what you haven't done, what's not finished, that we sometimes fail to look back hindsight, which I believe is our most powerful sight, to say, oh my gosh, look how far I've come. Look at what I've done. Yeah. Right? And, and celebrating <laughs> ourselves because when we do that, right, we, we invoke that energy within us of positivity, of light, and life attracts light. Then the universe, God, whatever you may believe, is like, oh, you're celebrating? I'm going to give you more things to celebrate. Woo! And now you're on this beautiful train of celebration and positivity. So you can't help but attract more wonderful things into your life. Definitely. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlett. Thanks again for listening, and remember, passion gets you started, purpose keeps you going. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye.